0: You are listening to the Devil's Talking Padres podcast for East Village Times. Coming to you from the Walter Crockett School of Journalism and Mass Communication, here are your hosts, Dominic Stern and Bobby Murphy. Welcome into Devil's Talking Padres. Here to recap the first series of the second half and here to preview the upcoming series against the Braves for the San Diego Padres, I'm Dominic Stern joined by Bobby Murphy. Bobby, was an exciting series that featured a really scary event. And the Padres, they, they took the two out of three games on the road, which was what we said going into the series was the goal going in. Yeah, we knew this series coming in would be high scoring, and that's what we talked about in the
1: last episode. Uh, but I don't think any of us thought that the Padres would score 41 runs in these three games. So uh, just amazing output from the offense. Pitching, I mean – wasn't even the best but didn't matter because the offense was explosive
0: yeah the pitching was pretty bad I mean I'd say that eight runs you know four runs in the second game was good eight runs again in the third game so it wasn't a good pitching series but as we saw from the four game series in San Diego the Nationals do have a good offense so you can't really point too many fingers there but good job by the Padres getting two out of three here Really had an opportunity to win all three games and sweep the Nationals, but couldn't quite close out the third game. So let's preview these games one by one. The first game, I don't even need to to go detail by detail here just because it was such a blowout win. Padres put up 24 runs in game one against the Nationals, including seven in the second, six in the sixth, and four in the eighth was just a dominant offensive performance. Jake Cronenworth hit for the third cycle in the history of the San Diego Padres. And he only needed six innings to do it. He ended up getting pulled right after that. So that was awesome to see for Jake Cronenworth. And then you also look at it. He had four RBIs. Will Myers had a career high, seven RBIs. And Tommy Pham scored five runs. So a lot of interesting stat lines here for the Padres. But that's what happens when he scored 24 runs. and. I don't know if you get these emails, but I get these emails from baseball reference, sports reference every morning. And it highlights what happened to baseball the last day. And it highlights three hitters and two pitchers to like who are the best days. And the three best hitters were three Padres. And that has never happened in my time of getting these emails. So that was pretty cool. Just a explosive offensive performance for the Padres and pitching staff didn't do great, but they did what they needed to do to hold them down. Yeah, I mean, just top to bottom. This game
1: was just so fun to watch. Seven runs in the second inning, six runs in the sixth. And uh, one of my favorite stats, of course, Padres with runners in scoring position, 12 for 23. That is absolutely insane to get that many hits, that many chances, but just an overall insane game from the lineup. Grisham, two for five. Cronworth, of course, had the cycle, went four for five, four RBIs. He almost had the cycle earlier. Uh, He had a Shot up the middle in the first inning that Trey Turner had an amazing catch that could have been easily been a single. Fam, uh, four for five, of course, with the five runs. Hosmer, three for four. Will Myers, two home runs, seven RBIs. Uh, and fam was a triple away from the cycle. That would have been absolutely insane if he hadn't gotten a chance to do that. And we had two cycles in one game. But guessing that's never happened before. Can't see any way where it ha- could have. But it's just an insane game from the offense. And Satisa only had one hit in this game, and we
0: still scored 24 runs. He also walked twice. So he got on three times, which is all you need him to do because we all know he can change the game. When he's on the bases, he can steal a base. He can go first to third on balls that not a lot of people can. And in the next game, in game two, we saw him tag up from third on a fly ball that was caught by Trey Turner. So the stuff that Fernando's doing is absolutely insane. Uh, Potters ended up winning this game 10 to four. The last three and a half innings had to be played on Sunday because of a shooting outside of nationals park, really just a scary event ended up not being as scary as like what it seemed like, which is of course a really good thing, but uh, still scary. You know, you hear those gunshots and you, you never know where they're coming from, who they're aimed at, what the intent of the gunshots are. So Major League Baseball did the right thing to just call the game and shout out to the Padres players who were bringing people into the dugout to keep them safe. Ended up not being necessary, but they they had no idea. They didn't know what the current situation was. All they knew is that there were gunshots in the area and they did what they felt was needed to be safe. So big kudos to them. More on the game. Blake Snell started on the road and once again, it didn't go well. Four innings, four earned runs. So or six hits against him, and there were four walks. That's not good. That's 10 guys and in four innings. That's a 2.5 whip. Blake still needs to be better. And he only struck out three guys, 74 pitches, 42 strikes. He's got to find a way to be more in the zone and more effective because we know his pitches are good. They're just not in the zone, and hitters are chasing less. So he needs to make an adjustment. Fortunately, the bullpen pitched five scoreless innings after him because they're just a really good bullpen. Blake Snell is a big part of the reason of why the Padres need to go out and probably get started pitching at the trade deadline.
1: Yeah. I mean, I knew that we all know that Snell on the road is very, very subpar. Uh, And again, there's another game where just our offense carried and didn't really matter. I mean, the bullpen did a great job. Five innings shut out after snow went four innings, Stamon got ended up getting the win, pitching the fifth. Austin Adams again, struck out the side. Uh, He's just still fun to watch. He's insane. Tim Hill, one, two, three with 10 pitches. Pierce Johnson allowed a hit, n- nothing else, but just great game by this bullpen. Diaz even allowed two hits and was still able to get out of it with two strikeouts. But looking at the lineup in this game, the top four guys in our lineup, bam, three hits, Tatis, four hits, Cronenworth, two, Machado, three. We had six guys in this game with two or more hits, and that's just an ins- insane balanced lineup. Everyone doing, everyone doing stuff. Really, the only person that did not uh, was Grisham. He went 0 for 5. He had a, he struggled in this game today. But Fam got on base five times. That's awesome to see from him. And I know we've been talking about how hot he is. And it's just huge that we don't need to go out and make a trade for an outfielder. And now we can just focus on getting relief pitching, starting pitching, now that we have Tommy Fam heating up.
0: Yeah, he, he's continued to prove me and a lot of other Potter's fans wrong. He's setting the table at the top of the lineup. So... That, of course, is a really good sight to see. Webster Rivas, he also got two hits uh, as the Potters' backup catcher. Seems like his time on the Major League roster is going to be coming to an end with Ossedola on his rehab assignment, but he's done a fairly solid job in that backup role. Two twenty eight average, I mean, as a catcher, can't do much worse than that. Over 300 OBP, he's doing his job. So uh, I applaud Webster Rivas there. Game number three. This was the game the Potters dropped 8-7, to seven, started by Joe Musgrove. He allowed four runs in the third inning, but was able to get through five innings. Didn't allow a run in any of the other innings. Eight hits from him in five innings, two walks. It's a two whip. He probably needs to be a little bit better, but he only allowed four runs, so could have been a lot worse from his end. The Potters immediately responded to the top of the fourth with three runs, courtesy of an Eric Hosmer home run. He, like we said in the last podcast, was starting to do really good going into the all-star break, which it felt like it was bad timing because you never want to be going good going into the all-star break and then come out of it and you've lost your rhythm and whatnot. But very good to see launch angle, Haas, and that was awesome. Jerkson Profar tied it up in the seventh. So at this point, the Padres, they're down four-nothing against Max Scherzer. They came back and tied it up against him. So that was awesome to see. And in the, in the eighth inning, Manny Machado gave the Padres a lead. So they scored 600 runs, but Emilio Pagan came in and allowed two home runs and the Nationals took the lead in the eighth. But the Padres, they came back around, tied it up in the ninth before. Mark Valencia came in at a non-safe situation and he couldn't get the job done and the Padres lost 8-7. to seven. What were your thoughts on this game?
1: Oh, yeah. I mean, this game was just another fun one to watch beginning to end. Went, went down 4-0, was able to come back, and then blew it. But it was just overall, I mean, Musgrove, I mean, he didn't have his best game. Uh, Pagan really really struggled, um, allowing two home runs. But, I mean, I just love the fight in this team. I love the fight in this team. They've had so many comeback wins, and they never stop. And, it, I mean, having Grisham... After uh, it was uh, Caratini walked, and then we put Mateo in for him, stole second, stole third, effortlessly. They didn't even throw down to him because it's Jorge Mateo. And then down to his last strike, Grisham just pokes the ball, or not pokes. Grisham just jams the ball to center field, and that's all you need, just a bloop. And that's how we got Mateo to score. And then we got Mateo in first. Tatis gets intentionally walked. Croner gets walked. Base is loaded, two outs. And Manny Machado strikes out looking. I mean, I know he hit the home run in the eighth inning, but he's got to be swinging there. It's a low strike. It wasn't too low. It was obviously a strike. And Manny knew it was a strike. Uh, But you got to be swinging at that. And if he swings right there, I mean, that changes everything, of course. That gives us two to three runs. But, I mean, bottom of the ninth, I didn't mind seeing Melanson in that spot. I didn't mind seeing Melanson in that spot just because we wanted this one. We wanted the sweep. Sox said, of course, he ended up blowing it. But what hurt in this game the most was Padres up 6-4 to four in the eighth. Esquire hits the home run off Pagan. Troy Turner doubles. And then Soto looks like he strikes out looking. while is totally in the strike zone. And I'm all Like, I don't want robot arms. I think that's just taking too much away from the game of baseball. I, I, myself, I like people arms, even though they suck and they're awful. But Soto looks like he strikes out looking to, for the second out of the inning. They call the ball. Next pitch, he just pokes the ball outside of the outside third for a home run. And it was really the equivalent of ball, don't lie. And it was just, it's one well soda. He had an insane series. And I wasn't too upset about this loss uh, just because of the, these past two games. But this was a game the Nats could have won or c- could have won, blew it and won. But this is a totally a game that the Padres should have won. But I wasn't too disappointed after most losses like this just because of the previous two games in the series.
0: Yeah. It, it would have been like a cherry on top uh, to say. And I personally think that there should be real umpires. And I, for, I don't want to say for a living because I am currently a college student, but as a, as a job, I'm an umpire. And I think that at the pros, they should be getting these calls, right. and, they should have robot on par. So I, I disagree with you on that point, but it's always tough when you lose like that, but the potters, they had their opportunities and they didn't capitalize. So, you know, they deserve to win this game, but at the same time, the nationals had 15 hits and the potters had six. So uh, it was a game that the potters almost stole from the nationals instead of the potters just being the better team on the field that day. But overall three game series on the road against a pretty solid team. The Potters take two out of three games. That's what they need to do. And that's what they're going to need to do here in Atlanta this upcoming week. And we'll now jump into the Potters' second series of the second half of the season. It'll be a three-game series in Atlanta Monday through Wednesday. And the Potters' rotation, because it is in shambles, currently have no idea what it's going to look like for this upcoming series against the Braves. We do know that Yu Darvish is returning from the injured list to pitch On Monday against the Braves and Chris Paddock, his return in the rotation will come again on Wednesday. So he'll pitch that early morning game. But for Tuesday, there's really not an option because Ryan Weathers is on the injured list. Denelson Lemetta is on the injured list and they're not ready to come back. That leaves the current Padres roster at four starting pitchers. So they may call someone up. They may just go with the bullpen day. We don't know, but we'll find out after the game on Monday or even Tuesday morning. What do you make of the Potter's current starting pitching situation for the series against Atlanta? Yeah. I mean, with Darvish starting the first game, I mean,
1: he's really been struggling uh, in the month of July and the, in that starting against the nationals. He went three and in six runs with eight hits and allowed four runs on six innings to start before that against the Phillies right before the break. And he just, his ERA is now, I mean, still greater ERA up to the 3.09, but it's gone up a lot in his past two starts. But what really the, the issue is for him. He's been getting a lot more fly balls and ground balls. Um, and the balls have just been getting hit harder, hit, getting hit higher. And his ground ball rate has gone a lot down. Um, but I'm not worried about Jarvis at all. Chris Paddock, every single time, every single time he start pitches, podgers fans are behind him after everyone or not. Um, but he's had a tough month of July so far. Um, and he's been, he's had a lot of starts already. I mean, not that much time in between. He's had a f- some starts with four days in between and five days in between. I know that's kind of the regular, but he's been getting a lot of, a lot of work um, so far in July. And he struggled against the Nats in that last game in the 24 to eight wins. So that didn't really matter too much with him uh, because of course we, it was a blowout. Um, but I, I just want to get behind Paddock. I really want to. And it can be hard because he's just—he's so inconsistent. He's either allowing one or two runs or four or five. But I'm still confident in him. I'm still confident in you, Darvish. Of course, not worried about him. Um, and for whoever throws the the, the other one, uh, I'm not sure who we, who who we would put on on the mound there. We know Snell. Mm, we know Snell just pitched. Uh, Musgrove uh, just pitched as well. Uh, so whoever pitches on Tuesday or Wednesday would depends how they do it. I'm not sure who that will be.
0: Yeah, and then you look at the Brave side of the rotation for this upcoming series, and it's almost just as weird and as kind of strange of a situation as the Padres' side. Game one, they will be starting Kyle Muller, who has only made three starts this year, four appearances, 15 innings. He's done well in that time with a 3.45 ERA. In game two, they'll be throwing out Tukey Toussaint, who is yet to make an appearance in the major leagues this year made his debut in 2018. He's still young, but in his time in the major leagues has not been a great pitcher. Career negative one more, 5.97 ERA, and a 1.6 whip. So really just a mystery there. And then Charlie Morton, he's not really a mystery. He's been one of their best pitchers this year. 105 innings, a 3.69 ERA. So the, uh, the Braves will get more of what they're knowing and that one's the outing, but the first two guys, it's gonna be interesting. What do you think of that? Yeah,
1: these first two guys, I mean, nothing too special there. Um, Miller's been having a solid season mm-hmm. though, um, with of course not that many appearances, but he's been pitching well. Um, Tucson, he just got hit hard and against the Orioles, uh, in a 14 to 1 loss. He allowed five, five earned runs and eight runs in two and two thirds, so he is coming off a really tough start against, uh, the Orioles offense. Uh, but Charlie Morton, I mean, he's been having a great year so far last week, he went seven in shutouts. And then after that once um, last Friday, he went six innings, 300 runs against the, the Rays. So that will be the, obviously the toughest matchup for this Padres lineup. Um, and he's, he's a great strikeout pitcher. He has 122 strikeouts in 105 innings this year. So that right there will be the toughest, um, toughest, opposing pitcher or sorry, toughest opposing starter for the Padres lineup, but Padres lineup is hot and
0: hopefully we can keep going. And Charlie Morton in his career against San Diego Padres has a ton of success. Hasn't pitched against this version of the San Diego Padres, but 56 career innings, a 2.09 ERA and at Suntruist field, which is the field in which the Braves will be playing the Padres. He's off to a pretty good start and uh 4.19 ERA there in 68 innings. So Padres, the Wednesday one is going to be the one where they have to really be locked in. And it's going to be a really early start time for them at 9.20 a.m. The offense for the Braves, uh, very unfortunate that uh, Ronald Acuna Jr. in the second to last game before the All-Star break, he jumped up to try and catch a ball at the warning track. And when he landed, complete tear of the ACL, Really bad injury, not just for him, but for the Braves. just all baseball because Ronald Acuna Jr. is one of the best players in the game. He's one of the most exciting players in the game. He's going to be missing the entire rest of the season, but fortunate timing for the Padres because they don't have to face him. Obviously, you'd rather him be healthy and face him because you don't want injuries for players, but you can acknowledge that it sucks for him and it sucks for the Braves, but it also benefits the Padres just a little bit. Freddie Freeman... National League MVP last year. Had a bit of a rough start to the season. He's really in second gear right now. He's starting to hit the ball really well. He's got a 282 batting average, three eighty-six OBP, five hundred slug. That's exactly where you expect Freddie Freeman to be. Ozzy Albie's is having a good year. He was an all-star as well. Austin Riley at third base is also having a good year, hitting two seventy-nine with a three sixty-one OBP and a four seventy-three slug. So their lineup, it's solid, but those are the main contributors. And a new addition to the Braves' lineup, because, of course, Ronald McKinney Jr. got hurt, they decided to go out and add Jock Peterson to their roster, and they traded with the Cubs to get him. And he started off for the Braves pretty well. Four hits and 10 at-bats, including a home run. He's got four RBIs and a walk. Jock Peterson, we know he kills the Padres, so of course this is great timing to get him if you're the Braves, but... That's another bat that the right hated Padres starters are going to have to deal with.
1: Yeah, I mean, Jock always kills us. And I mean, it's just such a good lineup top to bottom. You pretty much went over all of it, but just that infield of Freeman, Albies, Swanson, Austin Riley, that's just a very good, that's a very good infield right there. And it, Rivals the Padres as one as as one of the best in, in baseball. I wish that Eric Hosmer could beat Freddie Freeman. I mean, Freddie Freeman has been very good, has been so good this year, and Hosmer has been turning up, of course, in this very uh, small sample size of a second half. But Freeman's been having a great year. It's uh, it's just so unfortunate that Acuna is out. He's so fun to watch, and of course, I would rather see him in the series than not because he's just fun to watch. He to tease Soto are all up there for. Most exciting players in the league, best players in the league. Um, and it's just unfortunate with his injury and I hope that he can recover well. But I mean, the rest of this lineup, I mean Azuna's been struggling this year, only hitting 213 with a uh 645 OPS. That is not up to Ozuna's standards. He has been injured a little bit of the season. Andre Siarte, uh he is currently injured um with c- COVID health and safety protocols. So he looks like he will miss this series, if not a few games. Uh He's only hitting 215 this year. Trevor Starno hitting 220. Uh, Abraham Almonte. He's uh, only played 39 games this year, but he is uh, up there in the uh, in the pecking order for uh, the Braves outfield. Uh, but I mean, this is just a tough lineup, um, especially the top, top of this lineup. Even without Acuna, it's very uh, it's very scary for opposing pitchers. So this should be a very exciting series uh, for uh, just the matchup between. Darvish,
0: Paddock, whoever else we throw out against this Braves lineup. And lastly, the Braves bullpen, definitely a weakness of this team. They obviously, they let a couple of their guys go with their bullpen from last year, including Mark Melanson, and it took a deep step back. Will Smith has been their closer, and he has not been that great. 3.58 ERA in 37 innings, Uh, not great there. Josh Tomlin, not doing great. Luke Jackson, he's been one of their better guys with a 2.12 ERA. Tyler Matzek having a good year after a good year last year. A.J. Minter not having a great year. Chris Martin having an okay year. So, Potters can really take advantage of this bullpen, especially if they are able to get to the starting pitching like they should, at least in those first two games, can really attack this bullpen.
1: And with Will Smith, I mean, it's where they struggle in this year. He's always uh, one of the best closers in the league. Uh, But yeah, this bullpen, if we can do what we did to the Nationals bullpen, I mean, we have just been hitting the ball so well, and hopefully we can keep that going this series. Of course, Minter has 20 20 holds this year, uh, even with his 4.86 ERA, which is not pretty, uh, but Tyler Matzek, he's walked twenty-four guys in thirty-three innings. So if he comes in late, late seventh, to eighth inning, Paul just got to stay patient uh, and, just, of course, draw some, draw some walks. But this will, I mean, still feeling confident in this series. Of course, not still. I am feeling very confident in this series. We should be able to win at least two out of three in Atlanta, even against a team who has been struggling this year. I thought that they were a in to win the division, um, even with the Mets there, but. Uh, there are two games under 500, and
0: this should be a still exciting series. There are some positions where they just didn't improve this offseason, and other teams in the division did. And because of that, they've struggled. And now that Ronald Acuna Jr. is out, this team that is yet to be above 500 this year, every time they've gotten to the 500 mark, they've lost. So they're uh, they're in a tough spot. And fortunately for them, the Mets don't want to run away with the division, but the Phillies are kind of ran on their tail, and the, uh, the Braves. If they want to get it going, it's going to have to start against the Padres. So, Padres are going to need to be ready to go out and attack them from the beginning of the series, set the tone, and take two out of three on the road again. I think that should be the goal here.
1: Yeah, if we can win two out of three on the road against uh, back-to-back East teams, I'd be, of course, totally happy with that. Swoop is always nice, but got to win two out of three. If we lose two out of three, then that's where we start to talk. That's where there's an issue because, I mean, we're still five games behind the Giants four games behind the Dodgers. We got to pick up games where they might be losing games. And I mean, we just can't pick up games on them. I can have a starting podgers are
0: getting hot and that's what we need to do. Well, the giants did lose their past series this week. So the potters did gain a game on them and they begin a series against the Los Angeles Dodgers on Monday. So that the, the division could open up a little bit here soon. Like I've mentioned the Giants' schedule, in the second half is very brutal and It doesn't really kick in until mid-August, but the Padres, they're going to have their opportunities to get back into this division race. They're still there. They're five games out, and they're now 14 games above 500, but the opportunities will be there for the Padres to go out and get on top of the division. We remember when they had the best record of baseball for a week and a half, and then all of a sudden, they went on a bad stretch. That could happen at any time to the Giants or even the Dodgers again. So it could also happen to the Padres. It's just about winning the games that are presented to you and, you know, maybe trying to pick up a few games that you should have lost like the game on Sunday and win those, but you got to win the games that you should win and pick up a couple of games that you should lose and you'll be good to go.
1: And we're still five game, five and a half games ahead of the Reds in the wild card race. I'm not,
0: I mean, I don't want to worry. Yeah, they about just the got, part they, part they got swept this weekend.
1: Oof. Yeah. Um, but five and a half ahead of the reds i mean we still have some we still have a good cushion but i don't want i don't want that second wild card i want that first wild card and i mean it's gonna Padres podgers fans should honestly be hoping that the dodgers can sweep the giants here because we need to get the giants out um and there's i've just been waiting for them to fall off and it hasn't happened so hopefully as you mentioned the brutal second half schedule uh could knock them off but we need the Dodgers to beat them in this series. Don't want to worry about them too much because I just want to focus on Padres and win our games, but it's tough
0: division. You got anything else before I wrap this up? No, sir. All right. I got two more things. Uh, it's just about the ballpark that the Padres are playing in. One, the Braves have the number one attendance in the National League, and that's partly just because they've been open for as long as uh, any team in the National League has been, but expect full crowds here in Atlanta are just mostly full crowds. So uh, the crowd is going to be behind Atlanta here, and it's a heavy hitting ballpark. The park factor for this year is 109, and 100 is average. If it's above 100, that means it favors batters. So it's playing 9% more in favor towards hitters than uh, an average ballpark. So uh, expect to see some runs in this series. That's going to wrap it up for this episode of Devils Talking Padres. We thank you all for tuning in. I'm Dominic Stern. You can find me on Twitter at DMstern19. You can find Bobby Murphy at Bobby murphy 2000 If you want to be a guest on a future episode, make sure to DM us on Twitter or just ask us in person if you're a friend of ours. We always love to have conversations with other fans about the Padres and get other point of views. Make sure to follow us at EVT underscore news. Find all of our content at eastfilchtimes.com Running a lot of trade rumors and all that stuff. Uh, writing articles, going in depth about why guys would fit, why guys won't. So you're going to want to make sure to check that out at eastvillagetimes.com. We thank you all for tuning in. Bobby and I will come back to you following the game on Wednesday against the Atlanta Braves to preview the series against the Miami Marlins. Thank you all for tuning in. Go Padres.